episode 112, Hiring an Associate via the Remarkable Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trost-Claire. Today, we're Dr. Stephen Francis' perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards-nominated host as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Great to have you tuning in again. Really love the energy from the fans. Hope you enjoyed the top 10 of 2018. That's adoptperspective.net slash top 2018. You can see who is the top 10 plus a runner-up. We got all kind of countries and people. Uh, really excited for that. Hope you like it. Guess what? My little sweet Asian Cajun baby just learned how to roll over. Let me tell you. Parents tell you how cool it is. It really is. You know, the good news is it's, you know, it's my kid, so I care. And uh, that's the difference. So anyway, that was cool stuff. Good to see her growing, being more vocal, laughing. Uh, just, you know, real pleasure, real treat to be with. As I mentioned before, parents are having a good time here in China during the new year, exploring new food, experiencing a different culture celebration, including the Lantern Festival. If you follow me on Instagram, you've been seeing some pictures of that. Now, look, let's get to the show. Dr. Stephen Franson is the RemarkablePractice.com guy. He teaches systems in the office for doctors, clinical outcomes, patient education, uh, teaches you how to be remarkable in your family life as well. Uh, one of the two things we talk about a lot today is going to be staff. That way you can get the best staff member possible to grow your practice and make patients happy. Also, hiring an associate from the doctor's point of view and from the associate's point of view because, hey, everybody wants to have a win-win-win situation. So we try to figure that out. We don't go too much into marketing in this episode, but we do talk about retention. You know, that's a good way to grow a practice, not just have that revolving door where your patients always leave and you're always searching for that new patient. And at the end, he's a big believer, just like this show is. What's the point of having the best practice ever if you're on your third marriage and you never see your kids? So we discuss how to have communication and core values in your family that you can reevaluate so that uh, there's harmony in the family. I think you're going to like the episode. There's definitely some things you can learn. Show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 112. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Louisiana and New Hampshire slash Boston, we got a great guest today. He is going to make you think about your, your operations of your business and in four different ways. He has all these different immersion programs, uh, body signals programs. So pretty much he's going to whoop you into shape. That's his goal. All right. His company is called TheRemarkablePractice.com. He's been a doctor for a long time. Please welcome Dr. Stefan Franson. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Justin. It's great to be here. All right. Well, we were chatting. I saw, you know, got on your email list at some point, you know, and that's how that goes. And at some point you get something, you're like, well, that's really an interesting concept that you have here. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm in China usually, so it's kind of hard for me to pay for certain types of coaching these days. But then when I see something, I'm like, hey, I got a podcast. I need to pick this guy's brain a little bit. If it interests me, it's probably going to interest somebody else on the show. Right on. I'm glad you asked me. So let's do, the, you know, the classic, a little bit about your background, how you can transition from being just like a doctor to doing more of like a coaching and in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So 30,000 feet. Uh, I've been a chiropractor for 20, what, 25 years now. Um, I'm actually uh, married to my chiropractor. <laughs> my <laughs> wife is a chiropractor as well. Uh, in fact, we have seven chiropractors in my family. She, both her sisters are chiropractors. Both of them are married to chiropractors. My brother's married to a chiropractor. So uh, we always joke and say we're the chiropractic Cosa Nostra. Uh, <laughs> So we practiced in Boston um, for 20, almost 22 years after doing 
an internship in Arkansas and a residency or uh, associateship in Virginia, uh, opened up our practice in Boston. We built one of the uh, biggest wellness-oriented corrective care chiropractic offices in the world. Uh, so uh, we were blessed with great success and whatever success we enjoyed, I'll attribute it to a commitment to you know the chiropractic principle, um, teaching people the wellness lifestyle to get great results, really driven by clinical outcomes. That's what we're all about. Patient education, empowering people as their coach uh, to become healthier human beings, uh, and creating systems for everything in the practice. I'm the, I'm the systems guy, so everything has to be systematized. Uh, and then creating world-class teams. So it, it all comes down to uh, the team you surround yourself with. In fact, I just got off a jet uh, this morning, 2 a.m. So I'm not tired. I'm still flying, to be honest with you, because I've been teaching a create-your-own-remarkable-team immersion in Phoenix uh, for the last uh, for uh, Friday, Saturday, and then into Sunday. Uh, so uh, we had a couple hundred, 150 people in Phoenix uh, learning how to create their own remarkable team. So uh, I, I'd, I'd credit a lot of the success we've enjoyed to the ability to attract and lead just phenomenal teams. So what does that look like? Remarkable systems, remarkable Phoenix. Like what's, what's like one or two little nuggets that, you know, we could have expected at that weekend to, to get us jazzed up? Uh, well, you know, our overriding premise uh, is that it's about creating a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, uh, not instead of one. Right. So, so many quote unquote successful doctors out there can probably re relate with the fact that everybody from the outside looks in and says, oh, you're busy, you're successful. But, you know, categorically, uh, they might be busy and successful in their business. But very often it's at the expense of their health and their their marriage, knowing their kids, breaking down their bodies, maybe even financially breaking them. Uh, Which even is the point of the podcast. That's the avatar uh, yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I've always said it's about having a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. You know, at first pass, if you didn't know we were so purpose driven and mission driven, that could sound selfish, but it's not. It's the opposite of that. I believe what our patients really want and need is a doctor and a team that's excited to be there and serving them. Uh, a doctor and a team that's congruent and are healthy and energized and passionate uh, that's the most attractive force on the planet, right? So that's what really creates that extraordinary practice. Uh, and if you make sure that you keep life, um, I don't like to use the term balance, but fully integrated uh, so that you're, you're, you're living out your passion, you're running your practice the way you would love to run your practice. Uh, you have the hours that you would love. You take vacations, uh, you leverage systems and communications and teams so that you can really run a huge practice that's, that's a business and not ha own a job, a job that owns you, right? So that big part of what we teach in the Remarkable Practice is how to create a business and not own a job. Are you only cash practice? Do you deal with insurance-based practices as well? Is there any? Yeah, we personally ran a cash practice. Uh, we, we had one of the biggest cash practices in the world, I believe. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it comes down to creating value. Uh, you know, people will pay for what they want, right? So um, money follows value. So it's all about creating extraordinary value for what it is you deliver. People are happy to pay for it. Most of the things in people's lives that they pay for, the insurance doesn't pay for. So um, they just buy the things they want. So you have to make what you do what they want. Are you adjustments only type of cash practice or do you do the rehab and all that other stuff? 
Yeah, in our practice, we were focused on chiropractic and delivering the adjustment. Of course, we created this uh, education program where we taught people the wellness lifestyle. It's called the Bonfire Health Program. So we would teach them about how to how to how how healthy people eat, right? How healthy people move and how healthy people think. We made it very programmatic. That was called the Bonfire Health Program. But the practice itself, our practice itself, really focused on the chiropractic. It was the adjustment and educating the patients. But in the remarkable practice, man, we have all flavors of doctors, doctors that do insurance, uh, doctors that do primarily cash or primarily insurance. There's doctors who do insulin services. There's integrated services. People do therapies and naturopaths and massage therapists and uh, acupuncturists, you name it. Um, We had MDs at our uh, event this weekend because everybody needs to learn how to build a remarkable team. Now, when we're talking teams, so we're going to get a little... A little nitty-gritty. i got a couple of flavors here that we can go through. Yeah, that's fine. Dig in. What are we looking for in a staff member so that we can hire right the first time and not have to do the, the wheel of replacement? That, that's a great question. That's really the theme of the weekend this past weekend. So let me, let me put the question back to you. How do I hire a football player? Good resume skills, good interview <laughs> skills. <laughs> it's got to match your – in my opinion, it's got to match your culture, and you can train the person. Like if you find someone and say – here's my thought. I was at the grocery store the other day and I saw someone and we were talking and I was like, wow, this lady's really good at what she does. Like if I had my own clinic and I needed a position, I'd be like, wow, you, you want to take your skills and just come and get and do an interview, maybe get more money and help people on a bigger scale than, you know, bagging groceries. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think there's a soft side to this as well as chiropractors. We, and doctors in general, we're healers. We love to work with people, which means we love people. And uh, most of us are terrible at hiring because we love everybody. And as for if we're doctors, we think we can fix anybody, right? So uh, my my football analogy, where I was going with that was there's lots of different types of football players, right? And if you're building out a team, if I were asking you to hire a football player, your first question would be, well, uh, what position are we hiring for, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. you You know that each position would call for a different set of responsibilities, which would call for a certain set of probably attributes like uh, physical skills or physical qualities that you know would bode well for a given position on a football team. And we can appreciate that when we're trying to build out a football team. But it's funny, people kind of drop that, that knowledge when it goes to building out their business team, right? So they, the first thing you got to do is you got to recognize what does my organization call for? In other words, what are the positions on my team? What are the roles on my team? And each one of those roles is unique. Uh, even though they're small, these are small businesses, most of them, most of them are two, three, four, five people on a team. Um, even with a small team, you put people in different roles and you create specialists who are skilled and are hardwired to be awesome in that position. Your practice is going to be much, much, much more successful. Of course, I'm an advocate of cross training. So you yes. create depth and durability in your team. Um, but I believe God only makes geniuses. And as the CEO of our businesses, our first role is to figure out exactly what type of genius do I need in each one of these positions? And then make sure you're, as Jim Collins puts it, put the right butt in the right seat on your bus and develop them as human beings. Look around and say to yourself, first and foremost, do I have the right butts in the right seats? Do I have any gaps on my team and might speak to the next hire? And also a very important question, do I have a staff infection? In other words, is there somebody on my team that's not supposed to be there and we need to uh, free them up to go do something else, whatever they're called to do? Which we typically wait too long and it's poison the well, as they say. Because I'm thinking Absolutely. first hire, 
they got to answer phones. They got to be able to fill the, do you take my insurance? Why would I see you? You know, those types of questions. But I'm thinking, at least when I was there, I also need them to set people up on eSTEM or be able to at least do, show some rehab if we get busy and they're capable, you know what I mean? Like they can do several jobs at once. Like that's how I look at my first hire. But is that kind of what you're looking for when you have a, that, that core person? Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about coming off a of jump street, which is that first hire, you know, it's you and okay, I need one person. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the most important things is, is self-awareness. You need to know yourself. You're like, okay, so if I'm an extroverted doctor and I'm going to be a natural big personality with lots of energy and be a natural promoter because I want to reach more people, help more people and build my business, um, I might want to hire a more introverted, more details person to help me stay organized and structured, right? To kind of balance me out just a little bit. Uh, if I'm more of an introverted doctor who's more of a caregiver and just, just focused on taking care of patients, you may consider bringing in a bigger personality, somebody who's more extroverted, who's more outgoing and to create, you know, a little more energy and some promotion into the practice, right? So again, there's never just a, you know, there's never just a simple question. Like, so um, I like to say one number is a fact, two numbers are a story, right? So I always want to get the whole story. Yeah. Uh, So when doctors ask me, who should my first hire be? The easiest first answer, the answer for the first hire is sort of a Swiss army knife. You got to put somebody up front who's going to be, um, they're going to be a person that is adaptable, right? Because they're going to have to wear a lot of hats. Uh, they've got to be somebody who's got a great work ethic, somebody who's higher energy, somebody who is able to not um, multi-focus. You can't do that, but multitask, right? And is usually somebody who loves to be busy. Um, yeah, that's 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 typically your first hire. Okay. Once you have the first hire in place, then you look and you say, okay, what's my next hire? And it's going to usually be a complement to the skill sets of the first hire. Okay. And you, you, as far as what you do, you can do multiple doctors in a clinic. Can you do hiring associates or multiple locations? Are you versed in all yes, of that or what's your, what's your thing? So, so we have doctors in different stages of the arc of a chiropractic career in our organization. So the remarkable practice typically tent, we attract doctors who are looking for, you know, number one, they want to take that job that they know they own or more likely owns them, right? So they want to take their job and turn it into a business, right? Which immediately implies I'm trying to, I'm looking for scalability, durability, and eventually transferability, right? Scalability means I can do more, give more, love more, serve more, have a bigger impact and make a bigger income, but it doesn't have to all be by a pound of my flesh in an hour of my time, right? Yes. Durability means that I can do more, give more, love more, serve more, make a bigger impact, make a bigger income, even in my absence, like if I'm not there, maybe I've fixed my hours, so I'm home with my family sometimes, or I go on vacation, or you know, or I'm just out of that role. Durability is a critical part of that, and then transferability implies one day I'm going to need to sell it, right? So either I'm going to have a successor that comes in and sells it, or I or I'm going to sell it on the marketplace. So durability, scalability, durability, transferability requires. The, the systematization of everything and building out a team uh, and then committing to training and training up that team. So your question of do we have doctors who have multiple doctors and associate doctors? Absolutely. We have 39 associate doctors in our practice over the years. So I have a training program where I train up these doctors and then launch them out into the world. Many of our remarkable practice doctors have multiple doctors inside their practice, either one associate or multiple associates. They have multiple other paraprofessionals, like I said. Um, they might have a functional uh, 
um, medicine expert or an acupuncturist or an MD working in their office in, a, in an integrated practice. Some doctors have two, three, four, five um, clinics. Some of my uh, clients have 50 or 70 clinics, right? So wow. that's called an enterprise doctor, right? So yeah. you work with the whole gamut across you know, what I was describing as the arc of the career. The chiro- typical chiropractic here is the launch phase, which is when you're in school and in your first year where you don't know what's going on, you're just coming out. The second chapter, if you will, is the grind phase, which is it's, you know, your head down, bum up, and you're moving and shaking, building that practice, right? And then the next phase is the scale phase, which is where you're looking to scale and then add associate doctors, build out your team, et cetera. And then the final stage is the exit, right? It's the exit stage. It's like, you know, who's going to take over and continue your legacy and what's your exit strategy for this? So, yeah, we work with doctors across the whole spectrum. Okay. So this is a kind of a one-sided and a second side. One, you're a doctor. They're looking to expand because they want to spend more time with their family. Maybe they're like 50. They're like, oh, I need, I need to eg- start exiting out of the clinic or at least, like you said, hire somebody. How does a doctor know when they're ready for that so to actually hire? And then as an associate looking to get a job, because I, I feel like there's a lot of chiropractors, they don't actually have the load to support an associate doctor correctly or financially, but they just don't want to be there anymore. And so you get, you know, that they eat their young situation and, and that's always horrible. But so any advice on an associate to appeal better to these doctors or ways of things like, okay, I, I'm commanding a higher salary or a better bonus structure or something like that. So that uh, is when it's actually a win-win. Yeah. Well, you're asking the right guys. So um, I actually have a separate and, and distinct business. I have a partnership. Uh, we own a group called the Cairo Matchmakers. Uh, because of my experience with all the associate doctors, we attract a lot of uh, doctors looking to have us coach them on how to develop their associate doctor program for just that reason. They either want to create scalability, durability, or transferability. So this is a really, really tricky space, Justin. So uh, unfortunately, 67% of associate doctor relationships fail. Because most doctors go into it totally clueless. You know, let's be truthful. You know, I love chiropractors. I love chiropractic. I love chiropractors. But so many of us got into chiropractic because we wanted to take good care of people. Uh, But you figure out by the time you're graduating that, oh, my gosh, I signed up to be a chiropractor and an entrepreneur, a business owner, right? So those are two different things and very often two different skill sets. So just like they kind of found themselves in as a business owner, not really knowing what they were doing. Um, they'll find themselves in the same position with an associate doctor that I don't know how to design an associate doctor program. I don't know how to interview. I don't know how to find an interview. I don't know how to onboard somebody. I don't know how to set expectations and agreements. How do I do a job description? Is everybody the same? How do I set key performance indicators, goals and statistics and bonus systems and compensation programs? I mean, it's very, it's a really, really confusing space that's to be fair and minds it's very it can be very confusing instead of just some blanket which is what they normally do it seems like yeah yeah i mean what they do is they typically call their brother-in-law and say hey you're a chiropractor you're an associate will you fax me over the contract that you use <laughs> it's like well we're fresh out of fax machines and you're not supposed to do it that way <laughs> you know it's like you can't just borrow somebody else's contract and stick it in and say okay good so we got the non-compete here and we've got you know, your hours here, sign here. You know, that's terrible. That's a yeah. terrible approach. Yeah, that's just not the way to do it. So we work very closely with doctors to make sure that they go through, you know, basically three parts of a contract. The first is the legalese, which is, you know, making sure that all the legal language is in there and you get that in there. Second is putting together those very important 
expectations and agreements so everybody understands, including the owning hiring doctor, what am I hiring this doctor to do? Yeah. Like, what, what would make me really happy to have them on my team? And I'd be very happy to pay them, right? So it, it has to be, the economics have to be right. So you have to go through the optics of like, what is this role? How are they going to add capacity or build this business? Um, or how are they going to create bandwidth or freedom, time freedom for me, depending on what the doctor's goals are as to why he's hiring a doctor, hiring an associate doctor. This has to be done right because that's going to inform the type of doctor you should be hiring. There's different avatars of doctors. We call them race cars, pickup trucks, and SUVs, right? There's different doctors that you should be hiring for different roles, and you're going to have to compensate them differently. These A race car wants to be compensated differently than a pickup truck does, right? They're all worth their weight in gold as long as the model fits. They're like, the doctor says, I'm seeing 200 a week or 300 a week. I want to get to 500 a week. I just need somebody to actually crack back. And that's a different type of person than someone who's like, actually, I want to be a go-getter. I want to go out and market and, and crack backs. You know, there's like, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to have to <clears throat> just throw up in my mouth a little bit when you said crack back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's some people that are, you know, looking for capacity. You know, in other words, I would love to be able to have a caregiver. Somebody who's going to deliver excellent chiropractic care and specific chiropractic adjustments, take great care of the people, right? Yeah. So that's the person I want to bring on the team because I love to do the business building. I'm going to go out and attract potential new patients. I'm going to convert those new patients. So that's new business development. I just need somebody to help me adjust these patients. There's 200 patients here a week. You could be adjusting them, free up my bandwidth so I can go out and build this business. Correct. Right. And then the other end of the spectrum, there's some doctors who are like, yeah, you know what? I would like to just, um, you know, I'm happy with where my practice is right now. I love to attract, convert, and retain patients, take good care of them. I want to bring in another doctor and, you know, strap on some horsepower to this practice. Let them be a business builder. I'm going to create an environment where they can come alongside me and help me save this community. You can go out and attract new patients and convert new patients and build a practice, build this practice or build your own practice inside of our clinic. Uh, so that would be more of a business builder. As you can imagine, that's the race car. And on the other side of the uh, this continuum, the caregiver is the pickup truck, typically. Could they possibly make similar incomes based on how busy, say, one clinic is? Because if you're the caregiver, you know, you're like, I've seen so many people a week. It's not fair just to get paid $100 a day. Or maybe they're like, wow, I bring in so much money per day. It's crazy. But I don't actually go out and recruit my own patients. That doctor's doing all that hard work. I mean, is there a way to have equal compensation? Absolutely. Listen, it's it, it, the best thing we can do for chiropractic and for humanity is set this model up uh, correctly so that it's a win-win-win. Everybody throws that terminology around, but it has to be a win-win-win or it's unsustainable. And that's yeah. going to be really, really expensive, right? Bitter gets so, quick. Yeah, we, we insist on the win-win-win and we'll teach people exactly how to do it. Believe it or not, our average doctors are in the 80s, 85, 90, 90 plus thousand dollars as associate doctors. Um, and the only ones that are happier than them, them are the owners that hired them because we help them put them in a position where the owner clearly sees, wow, this is incredible ROI for me. I've got them set up in a win, win, win. And they're energized by the arrangement and the relationship. And we've put them, that genius, in their spot and everybody wins. Perfect. Yeah. Because I always wondered about that is when, when doctors are looking and contacting some coaches to do this, I don't know. Sometimes these coaches are like, we're going to get you a 10x return on this guy and you're not going to have to pay much to him, but he's going to bring in so much money. And then, then you get bitter and everybody's – Yeah, what know, does that like sound like? That, that I mean – That don't sound it, great. Like, yeah, get, get rich 
quick schemes are bad enough, but getting it on the backs of another person who is a chiropractor, a fellow doctor, uh, who probably has a family to raise, has has um, bills to pay as well. Yeah. But listen, it's not a win-win. It's a win-win-win, right? This is It's all about making sure that the owner is the happiest guy in the room. It's because we've got the expectations set right. Their KPIs are set right. I have them trained up and equipped to do this well. And look at that. Um, there's a, created an opportunity for a great doctor to be a caregiver inside of my business. And at the end of the day, I want two or three of these people because this is a big win for me. Perfect. Yeah. So two questions I'm gonna, I want to ask is, so that way the guests know what's going to happen or the, the, the listeners. I'd like to know maybe the top one or two that the most, that most of your clients are struggling with that you can, you know, help with. Uh, and then we know you're going to have influential guides for yourself. You probably read books. You might even pay your own coach to help you as well. Of course. So, so let's kind of go with that. Like what are some of the struggles that you're finding most of your clients are, are you always having to answer these questions? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've hit on a couple of big okay. ones, right? So 95% of your problems are people problems, right? So that comes right out of top grading, which is one of the books I'll recommend. Um, so top grading is um, the, the premium, um, I'll say human resources expert consulting group in, in the world. They don't like to call it human resources, but people know it by human resources. It's like building teams uh, is top grading. So 95% of our problems are people problems. Most people just, they have staff issues, meaning CA issues or associate doctor issues. Uh, and this is a big derailer, right? So if you don't have the right team member in play, um, doesn't matter what your other systems are. Like I teach four domains of practice success, attraction, conversion, retention, and team building. So attraction is obviously marketing uh, for leads for potential new patients. Conversion is converting that potential new patient into an active new patient. Retention is creating ideal patients and collecting ideal patients. And then team building, which is obviously building a world-class team around you. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, that fourth domain was a bit of a blind spot to me as I started my coaching and consulting career, um, mainly because we've always been really, really fortunate um, to assemble great teams. That was just the essence of building a business in my mind's eye. Uh, but anyway, so I spent the first few years just teaching doctors about attraction, conversion, retention. And I'd be on coaching calls with them and I'd want to teach them about the awesome systems that we have in place for marketing and for conversion and for retention. And that's what I wanted to teach them. I'm like, just put these systems in place. Here are the systems, processes, procedures, scripting, train your team, blah, blah, blah. And they would say, okay, doc, yeah, but can I ask you a question about my staff? Or, hey, can I talk to you about my associate doctor? Or, hey, I got to talk to you about my office manager. Oh, my so-and-so just quit. You know, and, and, and I would be like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with these people? I'm trying to teach them what they need to know. And all they want to talk about is their people. You know, it's, I, I laugh at myself. They're not now. implementing. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can give you all perfect systems, processes, procedures, and scripts. But if you don't have the right people doing it, it doesn't, it, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's not near, it's not going to be nearly as effective if you have the right people in place. So number one, most common stress point, pain point for doctors is they don't know how to build out a remarkable team. Okay. Because like cluster booking, if you've never cluster booked, you might call it something different and your staff's never done it and you've never done it. And all of a sudden I hire you and you're like, oh, we got to get five people at nine o'clock. You're like, no, no, we, we get one person at nine and, <laughs> and they won't do it. You're like, all right, you got to try to collect six visits up front. No, 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 that doesn't sound right to me. And you can't get over that hurdle. You're like, come on. Yeah, big cultural shifts. I, th I think the second most common um, issue, problem that I see is 
I'll see docs, doctors, teams, practices come to me and they're like, I need more new patients. I need more new patients. I need more new it's patients. always and, new patients. Yeah, it, it's always it, right? So um, let me say this. I love new patients and I love marketing and I love attracting new patients. I love referrals. I love external events where you can attract potential new patients. I love digital marketing. I love all that, okay? But I feel like new patients should be about inspiration, not desperation as Martini teaches, right? So it should be on inspiration. You should be trying to build your practice based on your mission and your purpose in your community, not in the desperation of trying to replace the people that are dropping out and, and leaving your practice. I call those types of new patients replacements, right? So these are people that are just, you know, the filling in the holes in the bucket, right? And that's where most doctors find me. So yeah. I say pause on the questions around marketing. Let's fix your retention system so that your happy patients, your happy clients, your happy customers, your happy practice members, whatever you want to call them, they're sticking around happy, consuming the value you deliver in your community. And guess what? Referring others just like them, right? So it's all about taking this perspective of, hey, you know what? Let's create ideal patients and let's collect ideal patients and doing it in a highly deliberate manner. Can I tell you a statistic that's going to absolutely blow your mind? Yes, because I just wrote a question that might be what you're answering right now. Our average patient, our average patient that we started in our practice, we saw them 300 times over their lifetime. Gracious. <laughs> 300 patient visit average over their lifetime. And for some people listening to this, they're like, what? It's like, yeah, happy patients stay, pay, and refer. You've heard it since the 50s, right? And it's so true. When you create an environment that builds and creates value, people are like, okay, I found my doctor. I now have a health coach. I have now found a lifestyle success strategy for healthy human beings. This is where I'm going to be, and this is where I'm going to take my family for my health care for life. And they stay on average, on average, 300 visits. Think about that. Is that, that, that – so this is the question I actually had. You have a client. They've been with you, say, six months. Is there like sort of a global retention rate that you're hoping to get? Like you get 30 new patients, 50% will stick around every four to six weeks. They might pop in or whatever, you know, the maintenance, wellness – uh, lifestyle. I mean, is there a number that you shoot oh, for? Absolutely. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a numbers guy. We have a whole program called vital signs that we use to track all the metrics of the practice. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of respect for people's clinicals and cl clinical application and also their philosophical belief. Right. Mm -hmm. So I believe that people should get their spine and nervous system checked regularly because life is stressful. Life, modern life is highly unnaturally stressful. It's toxic, deficient, and people should be getting checked and seeing their health coach regularly in my world. Was um, that weekly or what does that mean? Uh, I check my family weekly. I adjusted my kids this morning before they left to work for work, right? I get, my, I get checked weekly and my wife just adjusted me. Uh, so I recommend and wellness care if your objective is to get healthier and stronger throughout life. Uh, I'm 50 years old. Um, I'm in the best shape of my life. I surf around the world at the top of my game. And by the grace of God, I am healthy as a horse. Uh, and I know that it's because for the last, since I was 16 years old, I've been under regular chiropractic care. I've had my spine and nervous system checked every week since I was, I'd say since I was 20, that's a pretty good run 30 years without missing a week. Yeah, that's uh, good. And the practice and the proof is in the pudding, right? So we've raised just these beautiful, healthy, happy children. Um, my children have, have not had as much as an aspirin 
with the exception of my son who had an emergency surgery on his knee. Uh, so <laughs> other than that, the proof is in the pudding. Taking care of your body proactively, stay healthy. So yeah, regular care is definitely what I advocate and not randomly, but on a schedule. Get checked if you need to be adjusted, get adjusted. If you don't need to be adjusted, don't be adjusted that day. Uh, uh, so yeah, I love the idea of wellness care. I love the idea of maintenance care and not waiting for symptoms. Is that set up like a membership each month when they just come in that often? I love that term. Yeah. So a wellness maintenance uh, membership club. Absolutely. Patients are happy to pay for that. Uh, they know just like a concierge level doctor. They, you see the MDs do it now. Um, you subscribe and, uh, you know, I'm your chiropractor. We'll put you on a schedule, wellness care or maintenance care, and uh, you get checked and get adjusted when you need it. In a sense, if they're paying a fee, they don't feel obligated. Like if I go in, I, I have to get adjusted. It's like, no, we're going to check you, see where you're at. If you need it, you get it. If you don't, see you next yeah. week. And there's exactly. no obligatory uh, there. And if you miss a week or yeah. two, you still can people make are, it up. Even more importantly, people are not making decisions based on money anymore, right? So right. two things happen. When people have to pay per service every time they're there, they may say to themselves, yeah, I'm having a really stressful week. I should get my spine checked. Or, hey, my kids are fighting something. I should get my spine checked, get adjusted so my immune system's boosted. Or, man, I woke up this morning stiff or sore, or I had a rough time skiing this weekend. I should really go in and get adjusted. But... I don't want to spend 50 or 60 bucks. So let me just wait and see how it goes. So next thing you know, they're managing their health based on what they want to spend that day. My patients never think about that. They're, you know, they've, uh, they're on an electronic funds transfer, hundred bucks a month. They can get checked twice a month, every other week, every 14 days, get checked, get adjusted when they need it. There's never a money question. And then on the other side of it, the doctor is not making a decision what a person uh, should get based on what they think they'll go for financially. Gosh, that's not a leadership position. And that's totally out of integrity. You know, if I were to take care of you, Justin, and you're my patient, I'm, I'm not going to be sitting there in the back of my head being like, geez, he really should, he should get adjusted more often, but I don't think he's going to go for it. I don't think he'll pay the money. What a terrible place to lead from. That's totally out of integrity in my role. So, you know, ultimately the goal is to determine what is a person's health goals, do objective testing, and the objective test will tell them and tell you exactly what they need to do to get what they want. Get them, make sure that they fully understand and appreciate what that is. If they're committed to that, then they'll move forward with it. And then your job is just to be their great doctor. So I want to follow up with this. Are the patients becoming reliant on you? Just like they tell us, don't e-stem somebody 20 times in a row because they're just going to get reliant on that machine when they should be having a more active role in their health. So when they come in twice a month, do you ever feel like that's um, they're relying too much on you and they should be able to be at the gym taking care of some of this stuff? At the gym, right? So they should be at the at the gym. They should be working out. I like to say you only have to work out on the days that you eat, right? So you only have to exercise on the days that you eat, right? I'm I'm a I'm a natural guy, right? So what would you do in nature? You'd hunt and gather, right? You'd chase down your lunch before you ate it, right? You'd have to carry firewood and water, right? You know, so things have changed quite a bit. So, yeah, you, you only have to exercise on the days that you eat. So absolutely, they should be working out. Right. But if I said to you that, hey, you don't have to work out anymore because you're you get adjusted. Would that make sense to you? Not to me. So why would uh, if I said to somebody, if you work out now, you don't need to get adjusted anymore. That Very doesn't good. make sense either. Right. Good. Or if you said you 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 eat right now, so you don't have to exercise or you exercise now, so you don't have to eat right. Or you exercise now so you don't have to sleep well. Or you sleep well so you now you don't have to have to watch your thought life anymore. And you got your thought life good so you don't have to exercise, right? So these are just components or facets of a wellness lifestyle. So none of them replace each other. 
they're integrated and they complement one another. Okay. So do my patients rely on me? Uh, no, but I think they rely on good chiropractic care to make sure that their spine and nervous system is optimized, functioning without any interference so that their body can cope with and adapt to the stressors that they're inevitably facing in modern life. So they know that their nervous system is a system that, you know, we, that this is how we experience life through our nervous system yeah. and your nervous system controls how we adapt, cope readily and appropriately to the stressors that we inevitably face in modern life. And it's actually the definition of health and wellness is the body's ability to adapt readily and appropriately to stress. So I think they rely on us for good direction as to how they should live their life to be healthy and to adjust them and remove any interference to the nervous system. Yeah, well, that's obviously going to be an objection that you're going to have to handle between haters, <laughs> patients who just don't get it, and you know other chiropractors who are like, "I'm totally against this," and you're like, "Well, yeah, you shouldn't be, but maybe you can it's figure a fun out how to make it work for you." Right? The evidence-based, the evidence-based conversation. It's like, well, you know, to be honest with you, if you get if you're current on the evidence, the evidence now is talking about the relationship between the brain and uh, chiropractic, right? So nowadays it's all about the brain, right? So we're going to switch gears because you mentioned it in the beginning of the episode and that's a big part of our our podcast is the personal part, the spouse, the vacation. So it sounds like you've kind of got a good handle on this. You're obviously teaching people about this, but we work a lot, especially for yourself. You're probably going on weekends. You say you're going to go to Australia uh, this month or next month and that's going to obviously take up a lot of time. So how is a regular doctor who works Monday through Friday typically or Monday through Thursday able to take more vacation and spend maybe more time with their, their friends and family? Um, I think that's a great question. And, you know, ultimately when you hear me say it's about creating a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, right? Not instead of one, it all comes down to what is your definition of success? Uh, my pastor said something once that I love to repeat over and over again, which is be really careful how you define success because you're going to spend a lifetime pursuing it. So I want to make sure that these doctors they just take pause and say, what is your vision of success, right? What's your vision story? What's success look like for you? And what's it look like for you and for your family? That's called your vision story, right? And that vision story should be uh, an expression of your core values, which is what are most important to you and to your spouse, if you're married or partner, if you share life with somebody, right? So uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to really having that awareness of what's really most important to you and your spouse and to your family. Those are your core values making sure that your vision of success, like what success looks like for you, like what are you trying to create and, you know, what is what is happiness, joy, fulfillment, what does that look like to you if, we were, if you were to describe it to me? Making sure those things are aligned. And then that last piece, making sure that your behaviors are aligned. In other words, your schedule and the design for your business and for your life are aligned with those core values and that vision story. Um, if you have that level of awareness, you can slip and check yourself and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to let other people project on me what success looks like or sounds like, or I, I know what it feels like. And it's based on my core values and my vision story. So once you have that in place, then you can audit yourself and say, okay, so how do I spend my time, energy, focus, and money? Is that in line with my vision story, my core values? The person who's able to keep an eye on that, not get it perfect, but keep an eye on that and making sure that they are consistently auditing themselves and being like, okay, so how am I doing with that? Am I running this aligned life? Like people talk about balance and forgive my French, but I think balance is bullshit. You know, I think it's a terrible goal, right? So at the end of the day, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business holder, owner, you're a doctor or a caregiver on any level, 
and you're really trying to make an impact in the world, you're going to be out of balance in your life, right? So there's going to be time when you're wildly out of balance, right? So I think balance is a terrible goal because I think it's really unachievable unless you get terribly selfish and you just become very inward focused on yourself and try to get perfect balance and everything. I think balance is a very good reference point and it should be used the way a sailor uses the horizon, which is you keep an eye on the horizon and use it as a reference point. But the goal is never to get to the horizon, right? So it's a reference point. So at the end of the day, balance is a terrible goal, but a great reference point. I think harmony is a better goal. Yeah. Because this is what I was thinking. Let's say you make you know, 300000 a year and you want to make eight hundred, and you're already spending you're – not, you're not efficient with your time. You're not efficient with your, your family. You're kind of always going or something. So your spouse will be like, no, let's just back it up. We don't need that extra money. In fact, if you could reduce the money so that you're actually home more, balance would be restored or you know, however you want to you – know, like I said, you don't like the word balance, but the harmony is restored. And I think especially if you have a spouse, that's, you need to have those conversations. What is your goal? You want to, do you need to see me 20 hours a week or do you just want like really good – quality time like if you had a solid hour of amazing quality time per day i could work another five hours <laughs> it's, yeah it's that's a, that's a really good reference okay so um it, it's it can be quantified but it's usually just more qualified right so right. um it, when you come together as a as a couple for example or as a team you know so when you, even if you're speaking to your children um you can say to yourself listen at this point in our lives we're doing this initiative, we're doing this project, or we're building out this new practice, or we're adding a new doctor, or you know, we're 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 gonna be building our house together, or whatever it is. If you if you have the conversation established already, these are our core values, this is our vision story, what success looks like to us as a family. Now let's have a conversation around these next 90 days or next three months or whatever it is. Guys, we're gonna be we're gonna be a bit out of balance here, here, and here. Is everybody okay with that? because it's in the name of some worthwhile work or it's in the name of this initiative and you have this healthy conversation going on and everybody's in agreement, it's time-based, it's transparent. That's where you can achieve harmony and you're not, there's no infighting. You're not fighting each other about it, right? Uh, so the key to it is the communication and the agreement and then having integrity around the timeline. Love it. Uh, spouses, what's one way that you are able to keep the love alive and feel connected? Oh man, I scratched the winning lottery ticket. I just married the right girl. <laughs> <laughs> just an adjustment a week and she's happy. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm a handful, man. I'm a handful. Uh, I'm a full-time job. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, no, certainly. My wife is like, she just, the grace that she extends me, she's very flexible. Um, but really it's because we share a purpose, right? So we both have, we're very purpose-driven people. Um, and she's as on purpose as I am. Uh, and, you know, we have a, not a perfect yin and yang, but we have, we're very complementary to each other, right? So our strengths are complementary to each other. Uh, and, you know, I'm, you know, first and foremost, uh, I'm a Christian guy. So, you know, that's my first role in the world. Um, I'm, a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. Uh, so I'm a person before I'm a professional, right? So, but in my professional life, uh, I'm a doctor, I'm a leader, I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, a trainer, an author, a coach, right? So I've got a lot of roles that I play in the world. Um, and she plays the role of guardrails for me. Like she's a world-class mom and a world-class wife and a world-class daughter, and a world-class friend uh, on top of being a doctor, a teacher, a speaker, you know, so on top of those things. So she helps keep it on the rails. 
and um, and she'll 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 call me on it, a little rib check every now and then to make sure that you know it's you know the family focus comes first, which is I, I appreciate that. Just like my role is to keep us focused on productivity and you know ad- advancing our businesses. So and we've both agreed that those that's our mutual role. So uh, my relationship with Camille is a good example of one plus one equals eleven. That's awesome. Last two is popular right now. Somebody has like either a morning routine or a lunch routine that grounds them and gets them excited for the rest of the day. Do you have any one of those you'd like to share for us? I'm a good guy to ask. Yeah, morning rituals is what it's all about. It's one of the most well, an original coach back in the day, Dr. C.J. Mertz, um, really uh, had a big impact on me with teaching me about morning rituals. And I just so appreciate him for that, which I was sleeping in. I was staying up late at night, sleeping in. I used to start seeing patients at 930 in the morning. And, you know, by the time our, you know, practice at its peak, we'd see a hundred patients by nine 30 in the morning. Cause we'd start seeing patients at six 45 in the morning. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I live in a different state from where I practice. So imagine that. Yeah, we were, we saw a lot of patients, but it was incredibly well organized and orchestrated, great systems, awesome team, multiple doctors. So we had quite an operation going. Uh, but you asked about morning rituals. You have to have an extraordinary set of morning rituals before you can show up in the office and see 100 patients before 930 in the morning, right? So I would get up way too early. <laughs> you know, now, now that I've studied the science of sleep and the repercussions of sleep uh, um, deprivation, especially years of it, I would have done things differently. But looking back, I was up by 430 and my, my rituals are, are straightforward. So um, I pray before I get out of bed. I get into a state of gratitude for the beautiful family that I have, a wonderful wife laying next to me, and just a, just a great just a great life. It's easy to get in gratitude, frankly. I appreciate the wins as much as I appreciate the challenges and the le- lessons learned. I put my feet on the floor, you know, the old classic right foot, left foot. Thank you. I love starting my day with that. Thank you as my feet hit the ground. Um, and I do the prayer of Jabez before I get out of bed, which is, Lord, bless me indeed. Expand my territory. Guide me with your hand. Keep me from trouble. Right? It's a great way to start your day. So I get up, go hit that coffee maker, let my dog out, <laughs> and I have my cup of coffee. I grab the Bible. I grab something professional that I'm reading. I grab my journal. I grab my to-do list. I have two to-do lists today and this week, and I grind through those to-do lists. I do my reading. I do my writing. I do my checklists. I have my second cup of coffee. I love coffee. Uh, play with my dog a little bit. Then the kids come down. So I play with the kids. We get a nutritious breakfast in and make sure the kids get their green smoothies before they leave to for school. Um, three days a week, I get to drive my son to his school and my daughter to her school. So kind of splitting duties there, get him to you know carpool, that sort of thing. It was a wonderful way to start the day. I used to have to jet down to Boston to go to uh, to the practice, but now we've sold the practice. Uh, I don't do that anymore. So I get to take the kids to school, which is awesome. Uh, then I coach all day long. I do podcasts like this. I create videos, uh, etc. Uh, and I'm off to the races. So, uh, there's my morning rituals. Um, and by, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, I've already had an awesome day. I say you've, you've accomplished more by seven than most people accomplish by noon. <laughs> That's the big idea, right? So if you're hyper productive by eight, nine in the morning, the rest of the day, you don't feel so frenetic and stressed. Uh, it leaves you room to do everything else creative. Okay. Books, blogs, podcasts. What do you go for these days? What are you recommending? You know, I've been, I've been just taking in more and more content online, but let's talk about books because um, I don't think people talk about books enough anymore. Three books I would have doctors read uh, right now. 
Um, I love um, the book, The One Thing. It's very good. I love the book, Essentialism. Um, it's probably my favorite. Uh, and I love the book, Traction. Okay. Yeah, we'll Gina Wood's book, Traction. Check on Amazon, people. You can find them. Yeah. Okay. The question everybody wants to know, where can we find you? Facebook, website, lay it on us. Yes, yes, and yes. You'll find me everywhere. Uh, so it's Stephen Franson, F-R-A-N-S-O-N. Stephen Franson with The Remarkable Practice. You'll find me about the theremarkablepractice.com. So theremarkablepractice.com, Facebook. Um, you can find that as a website. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Dr. Stephen F, Dr. Stephen F. So Stephen with a PH, so Dr. Stephen F. Uh, and um, let's see, how else can you find me? Um, you'll see my book coming out in March. The, the Remarkable Practice book is coming out, The Definitive Guide to Creating the Remarkable Practice. So that'll be coming out. Uh, so keep your eyes open for that. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Uh, if you just Google The Remarkable Practice, you're going to find me everywhere. And then also for people who are looking to hire either associate doctors or CA staff people, you can also find me at Cairo Matchmakers. So CairoMatchmakers.com. My Very partners. Nice. Uh, Alan Miner, Mark Mal, Sheila Malcrack. You'll find us at Cairo Matchmakers. Okay. I completely butchered your first name earlier then. <laughs> oh, no. Everybody I think I put an F in there. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen, Stephen Franson. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Hey, no worries at all. This is a fantastic hour. I'm pretty sure people are having questions in their head like, oh, my gosh, I got to contact this guy or Follow him on Facebook before I make a make a decision. So really, yeah, it's easy. If you, you have any it. questions for me, you, you can message me on Facebook. People do that all the time. So just reach out to me on Facebook, Stephen Franson, uh, or go to the Remarkable Practice. But if you can go to right to Stephen Franson and you can message me, um, I, I'm very good with that. So I'll message you right back, or you can message me on Instagram as well at Dr. Stephen F. Love it. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, thanks for asking me, guys. Uh, God bless, guys. So uh, remember what the work that you do. Uh, is incredibly important and very, very worthwhile. You're making a bigger impact on the people in your community and humanity as a whole. So why not be remarkable? So uh, remember that today. Like everything you do, try to be remarkable. Well, that wraps up another episode. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the EDGE tool. And we got the Hawk grips, saves you about 10%. Also with the Edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, that's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. You've got the Primal Paleo grass-fed protein bone broth style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor box, get taught by the author. We got set for set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the no-needle acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one, like I've done a knee. And depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time. 
like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini-series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to buy a, host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring. For those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things of learned in China. You know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full-blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions? Or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share it across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>